ticket out Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about Well, the names have all changed since you hung around But those dreams have remained and they've turned around Welcome to Meet Me the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning II back here at the studios right here at C19 TV. It's been a year and a few months. Thomas Manning over here beside me with a broken monitor. Uh, and so we're still trying to get the kinks out of being back in the studio, trying to figure out exactly what's going on and how do we do this. We, we've done the Zoom thing uh, for, for quite a while and it worked. Really glad we were able to make that happen, but glad to be back here, Thomas, in the studio. I think we can be honest. We haven't known we're doing this entire time. <laughs> like, ever since you started the show or since you took over the show, That's you right. haven't known what you're doing. That's I right. haven't known what I'm doing, so yeah, and, and nothing's he, new here. And, you know, Tim, Tim Foster, uh, he's here somewhere, or is he? I'm not sure. No, he's not on the Tim cam, but you've got somebody back there behind you. Who, who is that, man? Charlton Heston. Yeah, look at that, Charlton Heston. Wow. He's looking pretty good for his age. Yes. And for his, uh, yeah. And uh, Greg Tillman back there switching for us. We were trying to get Greg out here in the studio. But uh, like I said, the budget's got some issues going on. And some of the technical glitches are just not allowing it to happen, Thomas. Yeah, well, sometimes when you're forced to work with limited resources, you get more creative with it. Yeah. So. So we are going to be creative and very happy to be back with you. And if you've never watched the show before, you, uh, we, we, we uh, thank you for taking the time, uh, at least watching it for the next few minutes. Anyway, uh, we do talk movies, uh, all aspects of films. We'll interview filmmakers. We give you movie reviews. And we give you some hot topics of things that you may uh, or may not care much about. Now, uh, I want to share a couple of Hollywood deaths that we're going to dive into a little bit later uh, maybe do some special shows. Uh, Ned Beatty passed away uh, since we last had a chance to spend time together. And also Richard Donner. There's a connection. They've been in uh, some work together. But Richard Donner, 91 years old, Thomas. Uh, man, his, his body of work, and you're going to talk about a body of work that spans genres. It's pretty amazing. Uh, from Superman to The Omen to Goonies to Scrooge to The Lethal Weapon. Uh, I mean, the guy... There was not a genre that he didn't like and he wasn't willing to take on. So we're looking forward to exploring some more of Richard Donner in a future show, maybe through a take five or an extended segment, but did want to mention that and also uh, Ned Beatty. Now, there's a, a movie that, Thomas, you and I both have been looking forward to since the pandemic began, and it was delayed and delayed and delayed. And finally, getting a chance to see Scarlett Johansson uh, on the big screen as Scarlett no, Scarlett Johansson on the big screen as the Black Widow, not as a Scarlet Witch, yeah. but as the Black Widow in her own film. And you were so hyped up on getting that right that you just flubbed it again. But it's okay. It's okay. We're going to roll with it. We're going to roll with it. So, yeah. So, you say this, this is a little bit late. It was supposed to come in May of 2020. Um, maybe even before that yeah, at some point. Yeah. And it kept getting pushed back. But I think even we should have gotten it maybe five years ago. Just. Yeah based on its place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, so, so how does this work? Now, here's a spoiler. If, if, you haven't, if you've watched the Avengers Infinity War and Endgame, you know that Scarlett Johansson basically sacrificed herself. Yeah. Black Widow sacrificed herself. So we could all be alive today. Yeah. That's kind of what happened. So she's, spoiler alert, she's not alive at the end of Endgame. Yeah, spoiler for the biggest movie of all time. But, <laughs> right. but this, uh, this takes place in the chronology two years uh, in between like uh, Captain America Civil War and then Avengers Infinity War. 
and so she's still alive. She hasn't thrown herself off a cliff yet. She's and on the run. She, she is on the run. Uh, she's a fugitive from the law and from um, John Hurt's, uh, John Hurt, William Hurt? William Hurt, yeah. William Hurt's, uh, William Ross and Thunderbolt Ross. And, uh, go ahead. No, no, Sorry, go, no, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so she's on the run and uh, she, she goes back finds her way back to family uh, in, in a way that we probably did not expect to happen. And it really found a way to work. It's, it's a film that focuses on family. It focuses on redemption. It, it focuses on revisiting some demons from the past as well. Yeah, yeah, it kind of turns into a road trip action dramedy is how I would describe it. Um, you have Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow, then you also have a few other um, A-list actors pop up in there, David Harbour, uh, Florence Pugh, Rachel Weisz, um, their kind of central family dynamic is really something special. And, um, you know, I'm glad that we all got to see them together for this one film. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with some of these other characters down the line. Uh, but, yeah, it would have been nice to see even this crew, this core group together for a little bit longer. Uh, but I am interested to see um, just what it's like building on from this and the rest of the MCU. Yeah, and I think this is a film, if you are a fan of MCU films, especially uh, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, uh, I think this film would truly speak to you because it has a spy vibe as well, a very espionage-esque vibe to it. Uh, and uh, there are some flashbacks that you get a, a sense of, of an origin story uh, of, of how the Black Widow came to be. Uh, you know, if you watch the com read the comics and are familiar with her character, you knew where she came from. But this is the first time we've had a chance to really see it unfold on screen. Yeah, you talk about the Winter Soldier similarities. So the Winter Soldier, directed by the Russo brothers, I think that was inspired by you know the Jason Bourne movies and Mission Impossible movies and some Michael Mann influence as well. And you can see a lot of that with Black Widow, uh, directed by Kate Shortland, who I've never seen any of her films before. She's never done anything quite of this magnitude. She's done a few indie features, but definitely nothing with a budget quite like this. And uh, I think she stepped out of the plate and did a really, really good job um, just handling a production this massive. Yeah, I think if you are a fan of action, if you're a fan of spy films, uh, if, if you like those type of epics, this is something to watch on the big screen. Now, you can watch it at home as well uh, through uh, what Disney is doing through Disney+, Plus, but highly recommend watching this on the big screen. Sound design, the score, incredible score, yeah. um, the, uh, the acting, the casting, uh, everything that I think you would expect from this kind of film, you're going to get, and probably a little more. Yeah, yeah, and you mentioned the score. It was Lauren Balfe, uh, who actually has worked in the Mission Impossible franchise before, so you can see a little bit of that influence as well. Um, and, yeah, I'm just really glad we got this film at all. Uh, like I said, it would have been nice a few years ago, but uh, I am pretty satisfied that we finally got it, and she finally got her own solo film. And, um, uh, for me, solid B-plus rating. Yeah, I'm right. I'm right there close to you. An A-minus rating for me. Uh, I, I love watching uh, this film and uh, looking forward to what maybe happened with some of the other characters. Uh, stick around because, the, uh, as you probably know, if you've been involved in any of the MCU films, uh, they have some uh, end credits and mid-credit things pop up, and there's definitely something worth waiting around for in The Black Widow. Well, Thomas, uh, there's a, another film uh, that you got a chance to check out that is new as well called No Sudden Move. Want to get your thoughts on this one? Yeah, this, that's right. This is Steven Soderbergh uh, behind the camera as a director. He's also DP and editor, as he's known to do. 
Uh, it brings together a great cast, Don Cheadle, Benicio Del Toro, David Harbour. You got Brendan Fraser in there, who we haven't seen in a long time. Uh, you got Noah Jupe, one of your good friends. Yes. And um, this is a 1950s uh, crime thriller. Um, it's loosely adapted from some true, true material and um, kind of follows some corporate corruption uh, in the automobile industry. And um, you know, it's just really tight and tense and suspenseful thriller, but also there's just a lot of like kind of smoothness and suaveness and confidence to the characters as well. So it's really interesting how it can balance being just so taut, but also just kind of suave and smooth. Yeah. Um, really good to see Don Cheadle. Uh, he's basically in the leading role for this and uh, just phenomenal talent and great actor. And uh, we, it's been a while since um, we've seen him in other stuff outside of Marvel movies. He's done a few things here and there, but uh, this was probably the biggest thing outside of Marvel that he's done in a while. And uh, really glad to see that, um, you know, the production design and art direction from that 1950s recreating that 1950s Detroit, very well done, you know, just the entire city blocks and um, the parked cars, just really thrust you back into that time period. And um, the, the camera they use uh, has this lens that it was basically a time period accurate lens. And oh, really? um, so there was kind of a, a fish eye look to it. Okay. Um, and um, I've talked to some people, kind of threw them off, but I, I really dug what they were doing with that. Um, and then screenwriter Ed Solomon, who's worked on some of the Bill and Ted films. Um, he just crafts this really, uh, really tight script, ton of twists and turns but um, keeps you guessing, but it's also just thoroughly entertaining. And uh, it all adds up and all makes sense in the end. And just very impressed from top to bottom with no sudden move. Well, well Soderbergh really is a, he's a brilliant director on, on so many different levels. And when he's on, he's absolutely on. And I, I love it when a director takes a chance and does something a little different and taking a, 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 you know, a camera or a lens or even music that's only available during a certain time period and find a way to incorporate that. You know, we, a few years ago, we were talking about Apollo 11 and they created the score, but they only did it with uh, instruments that were, that were uh, alive and well during that particular time period. And I really, really love that. And so, so Soderbergh's uh, film, where can you find it? No Sudden Movies on HBO Max. HBO Max, what's your rating for it? Uh, solid A minus for this one. Uh, I'm looking forward to giving it another watch. I've only watched it once and absolutely adored it, but uh, I think it's going to take another watch or two to make sure I've got all the pieces together. Okay, so, yeah. very cool. So it's, it's one that's got high rewatchability, mainly because there's a lot of stuff going on. There is indeed, okay. yeah. Yeah, you okay. got you know some mobster wars and some criminals caught between that trying to take advantage of things for themselves. It's just a lot of backstabbings and maneuvers. It's, it's a lot of fun. It, it sounds like a lot of what happens right here on Meet Me, yeah, the movies, exactly. pretty much yeah. every single week. And that's why the, <laughs> see, Mr. Tillman, yes. That's why that monitor is not working behind Thomas, because somebody played around with the cables, messed it up. They just messed it up. They messed it up. Well, if you want to talk about getting messed up in a, in a crazy way, then how would you like to be recruited to go fight a war that hasn't happened yet? and do it in the future. That's the premise of the Tomorrow War that is an Amazon Prime release. Chris Pratt, Yvonne Strahevsky, let me say that again, Yvonne Strahevsky and J.K. Simmons, all three star uh, in this film. It's a sci-fi alien invasion action time travel piece. Don't ask me to say that again three times because that's hard to get out and it's fueled with everything you would really expect from this kind of film. 
Uh, it's got this summer blockbuster type vibe. You know, it's high on uh, explosions that you would see on the big screen. It really does beg to be on the big screen. Um, I don't know that anybody's ever going to get a chance to see it on the big screen unless it's at home or you rent a theater uh, and, and find a way to do that. But you've got explosions, uh, aliens eating humans, some really biting one-liners, stellar sound design. You know, I, I think when I, when I watch, was watching this film, I was taken back to Independence Day and, and that feeling I got from Independence Day. Um, that wasn't quite recreated to perfection here, but still I had that summer vibe that just kind of felt like a summer movie. Uh, and that, the storyline is just that. Humanity ceases to exist in the future because some aliens have come and, and they're just literally devouring humanity. And so they found a, a way to travel back in time, but only to a particular time. It's almost like a, a, a direct portal from one to the other. You, you can't go forward or backwards too far. And uh, Chris Pratt is a, a biology teacher who also served in the military, and so he was, uh, was drafted to come, come in. And uh, it was just a, it was a lot of fun, honestly, to watch this movie. Uh, there were some plot twists, um, and it's just one of those popcorn flicks that uh, that you can enjoy just to sit back and, and engage yourself into. Uh, it's not for the young kids because, uh, as I said, when humans get eaten alive, that's not really something that anybody wants to watch, especially if you're eating, like, I don't know, sushi or something. Uh, and these creatures, I don't know, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> these creatures, they, are, uh, they sound a lot like creatures it's a mix between the, the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park and the, uh, the aliens from A Quiet Place. So that's what they sound like. Yeah, kind of like your voice. Yeah, kind of like yeah. my voice from, from time to time. But uh, the movie is available tomorrow war. Uh, it's an Amazon Prime release, and it's, it's worth your time uh, if you're looking to just get away, sit back, and, and let it kind of wash over you. I, I'm going to revisit this from time to time. A B rating for this kind of film, uh, it, was, it was worth my time. So there you go. Tomorrow War with uh, Chris Pratt, Yvonne Strahevsky, and J.K. Simons. And J.K. has a great one-liner in this that I'm not going to repeat, but it does involve a member of Fleetwood Mac, so I will just leave it at that. Uh, you are watching Meet Me at the Movies right here on C19 TV, and if you're uh, listening to the radio version of the podcast through WGWG, we appreciate that as well. We're going to take a quick intermission. We're going to come back with more. Thomas, what have you got? Uh, what have we got lined up after the break? We've got a couple of music documentaries we're going to be talking about. Uh, Summer of Soul, as well as the Sparks Brothers, directed by Edgar Wright. Awesome. And uh, if we don't get to those, maybe we'll get to Settlers uh, and the Ice Road. Uh, finally getting a chance to watch that at home right after this quick intermission.
Chef Paul Prudhomme once said, you don't need a silver fork to eat good food. Well, on Cleveland County Kitchen, we don't have a silver fork, but we sure do serve up lots of good food. Hi, I'm Deborah Blanton. I hope you'll join me for the next Cleveland County Kitchen. Each month, we offer a complete farm-to-table experience. We visit local growers, we learn about nutrition, and wrap things up with wonderful meals prepared by our guest chefs. It's a lot of fun. I hope you'll join me for the next Cleveland County Kitchen. Hi, I'm Nikki Bliss Carroll, your host for Cleveland Connections, the show that explores what's happening at Cleveland Community College. Join us as we sit down with members of faculty and staff to discuss programs of study, upcoming events, and other exciting campus news. We'll have a new show for you each month on C19 TV, or you can stream us online at c19.tv. Tune in and connect with Cleveland Community College on Cleveland Connections. COVID-19 vaccines are safe and effective. Millions of doses have already been given in the United States, and these vaccines have the most intensive safety monitoring in U.S. history. If you have questions, get answers from a reliable source. CDC.gov. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket Welcome, Welcome back. back to Meet Me at the Movies. Noel T. Manning II here with Thomas Manning, uh, and also Mr. Greg Tillman. Uh, back there on the uh, Tim Cam, I, I guess do we still call it the Tim Cam or do we call it the Greg Cam today? Tim Cam, it's the Tim Cam, uh, and Charlton Heston is our special guest uh, back there uh, in the editing suite as well. Yep, and Elvis and Olmsley, our mascot. There we go. Uh, Thomas, uh, there is a a documentary that I think we've been waiting for for a very long time. Uh, everybody's familiar with with music documentaries, especially when you think about Woodstock. But this is not Woodstock, but it's something that, yeah. that has just as much significance. Talk about this, uh, this uh, documentary. Yes, yeah, so and this is Summer of Soul, and it's directed by Questlove and his uh, feature, feature debut as a documentary filmmaker. And this takes archive footage that's been literally been sitting in a basement for 50 years, since 1969, the Harlem Cultural Festival. Of course, 69 was the same year as Woodstock. Uh, but the Harlem Cultural Festival was also known as Black Woodstock. Uh, they highlighted black artists, and uh, you know most of the audience were, were black people in that area. And uh, it was really, really fascinating just looking back at re really a lost part of history. Yeah. Um, nobody's seen this footage before, and um, having them all dig it, dig it up from the archives, put it together into just a beautiful, beautiful story. Um, beautiful portrait of the culture of that time. Um, and the music of that time yeah, as well, the yeah, impact certainly, uh, of that music. Certainly, that yeah. They dig into all, all sorts of genres. You have, you know, the gospel, the R&B, the soul, the rock, and the pop. And so many artists were highlighted from Stevie Wonder with his incredible stage presence that you get to see, um, Nina Simone, as well as Mavis Staples, Sly Stone, Gladys Knight. Um, just seeing all these artists and um, seeing the concert and just their showmanship um, on on screen that a lot of people, unless you were in the in, in that audience on that day, then you would have never known that this happened, this existed, unless somebody told you about it. Now, Stevie Wonder was he playing drums in this in this 
He's playing some drums, playing some piano. Yeah, he's he's people, gro grooving around, dancing around. It's, it's yeah, amazing. and most people think of Stevie Wonder and the piano, but but you know he's also an incredible musician across the board. And, and playing drums and seeing that, I think, is something for people who uh, appreciate Stevie Wonder kind of take them by surprise. I think. Yeah, yeah. And um, you also have some interviews with people who were kids in the audience that day. Here they are, 50 years later, retroactively looking at it, looking at the footage, and just seeing all those emotions wash over their face and um, just hearing some of their words as they reflect back on it. It's, yeah, it's really something special. And that place in time, 1969, was, uh, was a pivotal time, not just because it was the end of a decade, but because there were so many things uh, culturally, culturally, socially, politically going on uh, in our world. And, and we talked about this uh, last year with a, with a couple of other films uh, that we explored, uh, The Trial of Chicago 7. Uh, was one of those, and uh, what, what was the other one? Uh, we had, um, let's see, we had Junius and the Black Messiah. Yes, yep. We had uh, One Night in one Miami. Night in Miami. Yeah, um, just so yeah, much going yeah. on. So, so having that backdrop of those films, and then seeing this live footage, and seeing this come and speak to you, what are some things that that you took away from it that maybe you hadn't thought of? Oh yeah, it's it's just really interesting how so many beautiful parts of history can be swept under the rug, and um, that just a lot of that depends on um, you know leadership and things of that nature, and um, and who and, has the money? And, yeah, and who has the money for it, and um, just various social issues that start at the top and go way down to the bottom, and um, you know some some people are unfortunately neglected by um, you know the powers that be yeah. and um, but it was really really awesome to see this yeah. brought back yeah. into the limelight and just see it presented there for you to appreciate so Summer it. of Soul where can people find it Summer of Soul it is in theaters but also on Hulu if you have Hulu streaming for free so okay and your rating for Summer of Soul uh, solid A for Summer of Soul okay yeah awesome um, solid A for Summer of Soul check it out on Hulu uh, there is a new film uh, with, uh, starring uh, Brooklyn Prince, and you may remember her from the, the Florida Project or the series Home Before Dark. Uh, it is a sci-fi neo-western mystery film. Now that's a mouthful again. I'm, I'm getting all these mixed hybrid genre films. Uh, films called Settlers, and this is sometime in the future. We're not really quite sure when, uh, but there's a family of three that has settled. Uh, on this uh, distant outpost away from Earth. Although it never says, looking at the production notes, it, it takes place on Mars, which I thought was kind of interesting that they never said that. Um, you knew it was, you knew you could actually see Earth, you know, uh, in, in the nighttime sky, but uh, you had to pick it out. But um, this family, they're, they're thriving and, and they're uh, a farming community. I say community because it's a community of three. They've got pigs, they've got chickens. It, it looked very much like you know, Luke Skywalker's Tatooine. That's what, it, what the farm looked like. And you're, you're trying to figure out, okay, is this a, a drama dynamic that's going to be happening? And it's got this, this incredible landscape that's just beautiful. It was shot actually in, uh, in South Africa. So, you know, it modeled itself pretty well for that. You think they're alone until there is an attack on their outpost and you realize they are not alone. There's, there's some, someone else out there and you're not sure of what the intentions are. And you're also not sure who the villains and who the good guys are. That's a, a question that kind of drives uh, this narrative. 
when the attack happens, it completely changes the family dynamic and what is yet to come. I'm going to leave it at that because spoilers can occur pretty, pretty quickly. Uh, the acting in this was absolutely phenomenal. I thought the cinematography was marvelous, production design. All of the technical aspects of this film clicked. Uh, great cast. Uh, Johnny Lee Miller uh, also starred in this. He was married to uh, he was married to Angelina Jolie for a short period of time. He was also Sherlock Holmes in Elementary. And if you ever watched Eli Stone, he was Eli Stone uh, as well. Uh, he had a part uh, in this film also. I really wanted to love this film because I loved all those technical aspects of it and the acting and what was going on. But the story just kept taking you to places that there ended up being more questions than there were answers. So much so that at the end of the film, there were so many questions that you felt like they just didn't know where they were going and, and what they really wanted to do. So disappointed in that, unsatisfied, unfulfilled potential was really what I, what I got out of this. It was a film that just, you weren't sure why it took you where it did and ultimately you probably didn't care. Uh, watched this with, with my bride, Beth, and, and she kind of felt the same way. We just kind of walked away feeling unsatisfied. So, uh, but I am going to give it a C rating just because the technical aspects and the acting, uh, it, it was worth watching from that standpoint. But if you, want, uh, if, you, if you want an ending that wraps up all the loose ends, this is not the movie for you. And it is called Settlers, uh, and it is in select theaters. Uh, Thomas, what else do you have on your list? Uh, we have the Sparks Brothers. This is a documentary from Edgar Wright, his, uh, his debut as a documentary filmmaker. Uh, we know he's made five feature films, a few of my favorites of the past 20 years. Um, but this is him stepping into the documentary scene. And it's a music documentary. It's 140 minutes in length about a band that I had never heard of or was not familiar with at all. Uh, Greg used to play for the Sparks Brothers. Uh, is that Didn't right? You, Greg? Didn't you used to play for the Sparks Brothers? Yeah. Kazoo? Yeah. So the documentary was called the Sparks Brothers, but they were actually just called Sparks, the, their <laughs> band name. And um, so this is the tagline is basically your favorite band's favorite band. Uh, if you trace back the influence and the lineage of pop music uh, through most of today's artists and all the artists that have come since their time, you can trace back the influence to Sparks. Uh, it's two brothers, you know, Ron Mail and Russell Mail. And um, even as someone who had no background knowledge on them, I was glued to the screen the entire time. Uh, documentaries are really hard to pace. Um, and even as one this long with interesting material um, that I was not familiar with, Edgar Wright did a really phenomenal job. And we love putting Edgar together, Wright. Yeah, we love put, him. Yeah, yeah. Putting together a really coherent narrative. It's told chronologically, but there's such personality in it coming from Edgar Wright and coming from the, the two brothers and from everybody involved that um, you just, you never, never grow bored and never grow stale. And you have interviews from the likes of, um, you have Weird Al, you have Todd Rundgren, you have Beck, uh, Flea, Duran Duran, you have Jack Antonoff, who's producer for uh, Taylor Swift and Lord, and just seeing them talk back and kind of talk on Sparks' influence on their music. Really fascinating dynamic to see. Um, it's a very funny documentary as well. There's a lot of visual, visual gags, some meta humor. Um, there's some animation sequences with puppets. Um, you have you know, a few voice cameos from uh, Simon Pegg 
and uh, Nick Frost, who Edgar Wright has worked with for so long. Um, and I'll just say that they might be voicing a beetle, a uh, beetle or two, okay. if you look. And uh, it's just one of those documentaries that I had a blast watching. Yeah. And um, I'm really glad that um, it introduced me to a band that I was, I had no knowledge yeah. of. Yeah. Well, you had me at Weird Al and Puppets. Yeah, yeah. You know? And then Simon Pegg was the bonus. <laughs> So what, sure. what's your rating for uh, Sparks Brothers? Uh, I, solid A- minus for okay. Sparks Brothers, and uh, I'm looking forward to finding some time to watch it again. Yeah, and this is a documentary that's gotten a theatrical release uh, as well. Edgar Wright, just a, an amazing talent. Uh, well, we didn't have time to get to everything today, but we're just getting our footing back here in the studios, and I'm glad we are. And uh, Mr. Tillman, uh, thanks for having us back, and uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll do a little fundraiser to help uh, get some things fixed like the monitor uh, and a few of the other stuff uh, as well. We always like to wrap things up with a movie quote of the week, and this does come from uh, Dan Forrester from the Tomorrow War. Second chances are really hard to come by. So uh, for Thomas Manning, for Greg Tillman, and for everyone else right here uh, on Meet Me in the Movies, I'm Noel T. Manning II. Thanks for joining us, and uh, that is a wrap.